0: the mountains, there are no distractions. Uh, You can go to the mountains, to the forests, find balance. Uh, And I think that's in general good as an architect, because um, as an architect, you always think about uh, visions. You're always in this kind of, uh, in this uh, a fictional world, right? Mm-hmm. Because you always think about future buildings and so forth. So it really uh, is a good kind of balance to to go to reality, to go to nature, to be part of a kind of an ecosystem. Yeah.
1: You are listening to Design in the City, a podcast about the ways we can use design to make cities more livable and lovable. This podcast is a ReCite production and ReCite is a global nonprofit acting to improve the urban environment, both on the stage at our events and off. This is Alexandra Siebenthal and I will be your host. Cities are the sum of designers, developers, artists, citizens, public officials, entrepreneurs, and the displaced but rarely do each of these constituencies gather in the same room or even speak the same language. And cities suffer for it. But Recite is literally that room. In order to create a city that is truly for everyone, we need to work together. We need to have conversations, debates, discussions, and we need to create a little bit of that friction where the magic happens. When it comes to urban regeneration, not many are thinking about it the way Chris practiced. Chris is an Austrian architect raised in the Austrian Alps but I'll let him introduce himself to you. If you've spent time in the design realm of social media, you may have come across Studio Prec's stunning images of modular buildings with interwoven natural geometry that bring being green to a whole other level. They are all variations on a theme, vertical farming meant for city living. Aside from just how eye-catching they are, they serve an important purpose, to reconnect our lives to our food production by bringing it back into our cities and our minds through architecture. And as civilizations were once shaped by food, it might be the key to the future of regenerating our cities. Our discussion begins there, and on the kind of stories like these that drive us as people and as architects.
0: You will know Harari calls that uh, we are driven by fictional stories. Stories that we invented and stories that just exist because we all agree that they exist. Stories like money, religions, nations, borders, the economic system. So the same is true to architecture. Architecture was always driven by fictional stories. We built the pyramids for gods, we built uh, castles for kings, we built palaces for, for queens, and now we are building mostly to make a profit in a kind of an economic system. So we all care about those stories, but our planet doesn't. And I think if we, are not, uh, if we are not able to connect ourselves to this really objective reality, then I don't see any chance that we are able um, to solve the problems of our time.
1: That was Chris Preck's lecture during Resight 2019 Regenerate. He kicked off his lecture by talking about some of his biggest childhood influences, including his father, a well-known freestyle rock climber, meaning he scaled the mountains with just himself and the rocks. So we asked Chris a little bit more about his influences. Mm,
0: maybe how, how my upbringing um, of, uh, you know, of being a child uh, influences actually the, the thoughts I have as a grown-up, as okay. an architect. My dad, he was a, a, a pretty famous climber. Um, uh-huh. He was a crazy climber. He did everything free solo, um, so without any ropes, without security. Um, So that meant he was really connected to our natural environment, right, in a three-dimensional way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, like if we ask him why he did that, he would say, well, because in this moment he's connected to himself, like to his senses, to his Mm -hmm. feelings, to his emotion, but also to the here and now. He was living in this uh, real objective reality, right? And I think that this one... Um, also captures my mind as an architect. Like, how can we build buildings that introduces an objective reality back in our buildings? So, you know, nature, an ecosystem, um, like really connecting to our senses and to our feelings. Um, Yeah, so I think that this, um, how my my dad actually spent his life uh, in the mountains uh, really influences me as an architect now as well.
1: We also asked Chris to tell us a little bit about himself like what it was like growing up in the Austrian mountains, his experiences in Beijing, and what returning to his roots has meant for him as an architect.
0: I grew up uh, in, in the mountains of Austria. Mm-hmm. Um, then we started our office, my wife and me, together in Beijing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But after three years, we relocated back to my home. Well, hometown, not really, but back to the mountains in Austria. And from there, now we are running a small studio um, called Studio Precht. Before, we founded a studio called Penda, Mm -hmm. um, and we renamed it now Studio Precht. Um, And uh, from there, we work on, on, on projects that are mainly global. It's a special place, but I think I had to go away, you know, for some time mm-hmm. uh, to really recognize how beautiful my my home actually is. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, it, but because if you ever, if you always are stuck in this place, right, yeah. you don't recognize it. Uh, but if you go to other places, then you really feel gratitude.
1: With a relocation came both a new perspective and a new name. So, we were curious about the meaning and inspiration behind their first studio's name and why the decision to rebrand was important for them as creators.
0: It wasn't that creative. Uh, it was just a mixture of our names, so it was actually wow. very boring. But I think that this rebranding, it came because we now operate like on the countryside and mm. actually to have a synonym for what you're doing, it doesn't seem really authentic. You know, mm. like in the countryside, I think you, uh, it's not so much about branding yourself, but being authentic. Um, so we, you want to stand with your name for what you are doing. Um, and yeah, therefore we, we also rebranded. Yes.
1: But there's more to the story about their rebranding and decision to relocate. It wasn't an easy one for Chris and Faye Precht, his co-founder and wife, but it was an important one. They made the decision to close their successful three-year-old Beijing based studio, Prenda, setting out back to Chris's roots in the Austrian countryside in order to seek more harmony and stability in their lives
0: it keeps us balanced Mm. i think um you know in the city there is much more hustling and Mm. you feel that you have to be always on places so you're surrounded by distractions so that's not really on the countryside you know Um, in the mountains there are no distractions Uh, you can go to the mountains to the forests find balance uh, Mm. and i think that's in general good as an architect because um, as an architect you always think about uh, visions you're always in this kind of uh in this uh, a fictional world right Mm. because you always think about future buildings and so forth so it really uh, is a good kind of balance to to go to reality to go to nature to be part of a kind of an ecosystem it's always very fast and things need to happen immediately and you as an architect you're also adapting to this kind of lifestyle right um and so I was hustling a lot for new projects to fly to clients and mm. you know to for me success um in the during the time in china it meant that i have to grow my business that i want to grow my projects mm. that i want to grow my team my fame uh, and so forth right <coughs> but it was like really a hamster in a kind of a wheel always mm. running mm. um now i think in the countryside um Success for me means something different. Uh, I don't need to be like the most famous architect. I don't need to be the most, uh, you know, known architect or richest architect or whatever. I want to be like a happy architect. Um, so we achieved that now i'm really really happy with what we are doing we downsized our office a lot so now Mm -hmm. we have a very small studio with a couple of people and we really choose our projects that we take on very carefully so we don't take on a lot of projects per year we uh, we select them very carefully um, and you know put quality over quantity and i think Like this, you know, to create also a a work-life balance uh, through that, that you downsize Mm -hmm. and so, um, that means for me, you know, that I can regenerate uh, between architecture, which I truly love um, and I'm passionate about, but it's not the most important thing in life. Right. Um, So, you know, so so value things a little bit different. You put a little bit of a different hierarchy um, into place. And I think that means also regenerating your head and your mind, because those are the most important uh, uh, tools for an architect.
1: In order to regenerate our cities, we must be able to regenerate ourselves, to be able to show up and deliver as much energy and creativity as we can towards whatever it is we wish to create. And in this case, in terms of placemaking, for Chris. It's spending time in the mountains, utilizing it as the year-round playground that it is. But the mountains, as we know, are harsh, unforgiving places, and that is part of their magic.
0: Well, we are in the mountains, right? So we do everything that somehow deals with mountains. So we climb, we hike, we uh, go on ski touring, we ski. Um, yeah, uh, this is like... Especially, you know, to, you take your mind for a walk, uh, oh, and sure. uh, that that means pure generation, uh, regeneration. Because, um, you know, if you if you eat an apple on 3,000 meter altitude, um, this tastes better than any Gourmet restaurant. Um, it teaches you that you have to work for real gratitude um, and real gratification, and um, you know that this one doesn't necessarily come at your tip of a finger. Uh, print right at the moment we get gratification very easily you know a like on on instagram or we can go to any restaurant to eat whatever we want so we can have everything what we want immediately Exactly, but uh, real gratification means that um, you have to put time and effort in it. And hiking is not necessarily, you know, about happiness and and being happy all the time. uh, It is about overcoming obstacles, overcoming, you know, like really bad times during the hike, Uh, Mm -hmm. and then this one uh, teaches you, you know, what real gratification uh, uh, really is. And I think that's also maybe a lesson for architecture, right? Mm -hmm. Architecture is a very long, long paced game. It is a marathon and, uh, you know, you need to have a lot of uh, patience uh, for the process.
1: Chris represents a generation of architects who aren't concerned with theories or concepts but with the environment, with climate change, and with sustainability. He stated, currently, it is very profitable to destroy nature and exploit our ecosystem. Since Studio Prex returned to the mountains, their projects have taken shape through inspiration drawn from their newfound way of life that inherently counters that. They live off the grid, they grow their own food, they try to live as self-sufficient as possible, and they aim to translate that into their projects, bringing that kind of connection back into the city. Here, Chris is discussing those projects at ReSite 2019 Regenerate.
0: So I think we try, we try to find a way to somehow combine um, in this project, on one hand uh, agriculture and on one hand architecture, to somehow combine them and maybe both can profit from each other. So within the A-frame system, you actually have a space to live, and outside of the A-frame system you have a space for gardening. If you transfer that to the city, it becomes more interesting, um, and I think cities need to be part of the food production of the future, because in the next 30 years, more food will be con- consumed in the last 10,000 years combined. And 80% will be consumed in cities. So that means if we want to grow our food closer to its consumption, cities need to be part of that. And it actually makes sense to um, to grow food on our, uh, on our buildings, because we can think the building of the future differently. We can think uh, of it as a ecosystem by itself of organic loops within a building so food waste can be for example transported to the um, to the uh, to the basement there it gets composed and this nutritious soil then can be reused in order to grow vegetables Um, also this kind of production of food gets back into our city centers and it gets back to our minds it, we reconnect with our food, and it's no mystery anymore how this food lands on our table. We also create spaces that, um, that really connect to all of our senses. We create spaces that we want to touch because we use haptic materials. Uh, we can listen to because birds and bees are nesting into our buildings. And we can um, smell, taste, and eat parts of our buildings. So, really, buildings that connect to all of our senses. And it creates different city centers. Um, city centers that are not defined by banks or corporations, but rather by health and vitality.
1: He continues to discuss this deeper with us during our conversation. He described the impact that the disconnect has on the overall well being of both our cities as a whole and the communities we live in.
0: I think there's a problem at the moment um, what we build and how we build it. So how we build it, you know, um, because architecture is very uh, closely connected to the economic system, right? A lot of developers and investors are just going on to make a profit. Mm -hmm. Um, So how buildings are built are actually sometimes with very uh, cheap materials, Mm -hmm. with materials with a very high ecological footprint. Mm -hmm. So I think that is a big problem, right? The building industry is the most polluting industry on our globe. Um, But also what we built, like this international style of uh, concrete frame with curtain wall facades, it's somehow we have it in every city. So it doesn't matter if this is Toronto or London or Shanghai, those buildings look everywhere the same now. But all of those places actually have a much different heritage. They Mm -hmm. had like building traditions, which are going back thousands of years. But this international style is uniforming our cities and Mm -hmm. kills all these uh, building traditions.
1: He reminds us that to explore and discover is something so fundamental in our DNA. And architects have a responsibility to create ways in which architecture will drive that curiosity. And he's right. These kinds of structures that stimulate curiosity and inspire are the kinds of buildings we need to see in our cities. It
0: creates some some problem that uh, when everything looks the same, no one really is inspired by it. And when people are not inspired by, uh, by buildings, then they don't care for buildings. And if they don't care for buildings, then they don't maintain their buildings, right? And that means that a building needs to be reconstructed after 20 years instead of 50 years or so, if Mm -hmm. they would maintain it. So I think a challenge for architects is, how can we build buildings that people really care about? Um, Yeah. Yeah, and I think that brings a lot of this back of, how can we create sensible buildings? Buildings that really connect to your emotions, to your feelings, and to your senses, right? Like with materials that are haptic that you want to touch, mm-hmm. or buildings, you know, where, where birds and bees are inside, and you can listen to a building, right? Or bringing gardens and uh, and so into the buildings that uh, your building is, you know, you can taste, you can smell, and you can eat part of your building. Wow. Um, so really, buildings, you know, that, that connects to all of your too. senses. The yeah.
1: connection to one senses is a pillar of Studio Prex designs, making material choices a crucial variable in achieving the kind of organic living structure they are after. Chris's time in Beijing was also spent learning about bamboo as a material and how to work with it, all from Fei's grandfather who is a bamboo craftsman.
0: The last time I was really inspired was when I was in Bali um, and I saw the work of Ibuku um, uh, Laura Hardy, she's leading a B- the buku team, okay. and they are creating wonderful bamboo buildings. Um, and you really can see, you know, what bamboo as an imperfect material, and you can produce out of it it's fascinating you know uh, like it, it is much different buildings here than you would see anywhere else so i think that you know when you take a local material and you have craftsmen in place who can deal with this material and then you have uh, people who have really a vision and creativity uh, then you can create much diverse buildings than what we see today in the city so we also work now a lot uh, with, with bamboo. Um, we also just finished a, a hotel in Ecuador, which is like four stories made of, mm-hmm. out of bamboo. Um, and it's a fascinating material to work with. I mean, it always depends um, what you grow and how you manage uh, like your forests, right? It's the same thing to, to our forests. So if bamboo becomes really a building, um, a building material, Um, in a larger scale not just for you know some lovely projects uh, somewhere but really if bamboo enters our city Mm. um, then of course we need to grow much more bamboo but bamboo you know grows much faster per example than than trees Um, so you can use bamboo within seven years of of growing bamboo can grow 1.4 meters per day so from this perspective, you know, it is a, uh, it is a very great uh, uh, material to work with. Um, but so is, for example, wood. Um, but as an architect, I think you always need to know, you know, where to use which material and sure. where it, which location it fits better.
1: We return to our discussion about how the other ways of living in the countryside have impacted the studio's work and perspective one that is contrasted against their experience in Beijing.
0: A lot of stuff missing, uh, like the quality you have in the city. Uh, a lot of this is missing, of course, on the countryside, you know, when it comes to art, uh, or like the opportunities you have, the people you meet and so. But I think that is also very refreshing because it also offers some time actually on the countryside that you're bored. Um, Like, when have you been the last time really bored, right? Now we have the phone all the time uh, with us, so there is no reason anymore to be bored. But uh, there are some, you know, in the countryside, there's still uh, sometimes uh, boringness, and I really enjoy that. We see, for example, in China, right, that they want to bring um, the smart city towards the countryside. Um, And, you know, to bring all this quality from the city to the people on the countryside so they don't need to move to the city. But I think in our terms, maybe uh, in the West, we maybe, maybe have to think in a different way. How can we bring this, the quality of the countryside to the cities? Yeah. You know, all of this fresh air, um, uh, uh, you know, nature, all of, th- of this reg- regeneration, what you have on, on, the, on the countryside, how can this become part of the cities? Because the cities will change, the cities will have more technology, they will have more artificial intelligence, they will collect more data, they will be much smarter. Um, but they w- we will know more in the city of the future, but I think we will feel much less. So I think the question is really how can we not create more information or more intelligence but to create more consciousness and I think there the quality of the countryside really can influence the city of the future.
1: So that is the question, isn't it? How can we create that consciousness? A consciousness that is capable of driving change. If we want to create real change, it needs to come from a change of the system and a change in our mentality. We will wrap up with some hopeful words from Chris Precht at Recite 2019 Regenerate.
0: So I think that our generation of architects is not driven anymore by styles, forms, or um, intellectual theories. I think that our generation has much bigger problems than that. Um, climate change, global warming, pollution, um, urbanization, or AI. These are all tasks now of an architect, and I think Um, uh, uh, These are very big challenges, but I'm very hopeful because I think that we are a generation of strategic dreamers. We are a generation that asks what is possible and not necessarily what is profitable. And I think so I have a big hope that we are a generation of architects that actually build not for fictional stories, but for an objective reality. Thank you.
1: That was Austrian architect, Chris Precht, co-founder of Studio Precht. If you're curious to learn more about Chris, his latest projects, or his life as an architect living in the Austrian mountains, you'll find all his info listed in this episode's description. Join us as we dissect these issues with guests like Ravi Naidu, founder of Design & Daba, Thomas Heatherwick, founder of Heatherwick Studios, architecture critic and founder of McMansion Hell, Kate Wagner, Wallpaper China's Yoko Choi, and many more. This podcast is brought to you by Resight, the global nonprofit acting to improve the urban environment and organized as part of the project, Shared Cities Creative Momentum. You can find more talks, stories, and information about upcoming events at resight.org. Become involved with the Resight community through our various social channels or by joining our newsletter. All links can be found in the show notes. This podcast is produced by Radka Andrachkova, Matye Adriana Bilakova, Gil Cienfuegos, and Paulina Rio Buca. It is directed and hosted by myself, Alexandra Siebenthal, and recorded and edited by Little Big Studio.